0: How are we doing? Welcome back to my little podcast um, hope you're all having a great week. I'm recording this on a Thursday just before the bank holiday weekend. I'm going to be heading up to Glasgow tomorrow. I'm super excited to see some uni friends, to go to some of my favourite bars, um, get some of my favourite food and then heading up north to back home home in Aberdeenshire for a birthday party on that's 80s themed and fancy dress on Saturday night, which I am so excited for. So yeah, I've got a pretty packed bank holiday weekend. I hope you've got some really super exciting plans um, too. I don't like in Scotland, I don't think it is actually a bank holiday weekend that weekend, I think, I'm sure it's an English thing because right, I remember we'd usually just go back to school around this time of year. So I don't think it's a bank holiday, but I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. completely change subject of what we're actually gonna talk about today, which is um, gonna be all about our menstrual cycle and how it relates to our training. And I think like this could end up being, if I just did a general one on kind of um, our cycle, I could go into details in terms of body image, in terms of hunger, in terms of nutrition, blah, blah, blah. But we're gonna to focus today on your training um around your cycle um so perhaps you are someone who maybe experiences really big fluctuations in terms of your strength in terms of your energy around your cycle perhaps you don't perhaps you're on contraceptives and it's a little bit more um stagnant how you how things fluctuate through the month um And perhaps you're not too sure about how how it works and how it does impact your training so some of the things we'll go over today might be if you're kind of clued up on how the menstrual cycle works will be pretty basic information for you that you already know but i know that i didn't know this stuff until i became a coach and started studying it which is crazy because it's not just pts who have menstrual cycles and work with people who have Periods, right? We literally all do, unless you're a man listening to this, obviously. But I doubt there's gonna any men listening to this. So, um, if this is information that you don't know already, it will be so vitally important to just understand how your body works a little bit more. So, yeah, first of all, let's get a lowdown on what's happening with our, our bodies during our cycle. So we can kind of break our menstrual cycle into two halves. Um, and kind of typically the average length is gonna be twenty-eight days, right? Around a month. Um, but obviously this varies massively and then it could be as short as nineteen or as long as thirty-five. Obviously, person to person varies and hopefully you do track your cycle, um, and therefore you know roughly um on average how many days your cycle your cycle will last. So we can kind of break that cycle into two halves. So for example, if it is a 28-day cycle which is exactly four weeks and um, we can break it into two kind of different fortnights. So ovulation occurs in the middle or around the middle of the cycle again nothing is ever that specific with how our bodies work so imagine that's like day 14 basically so we have this kind of pre-ovulation period and this um, post-ovulation period and this 14 days or period before we start ovulation, this is called the follicular phase. And then the, once ovulation is starting and the egg is released, we then call this the luteal phase, the kind of second half in the lead up to a period. So if you imagine your first day of your bleed, that's day one, right? And then day 28 would be the day before your next bleed starts. The reason I'm using bleed instead of period is because I realise I'm using period interchangeably into your cycle, but also a time, length of time. So I hope that wasn't confusing. Um, So we've got the follicular phase and the luteal phase before ovulation, after ovulation. So our body creates the ovarian hormones called progesterone and estrogen. And it's the fluctuations in these hormones um, that are most likely to impact our mood, energy, body image um, throughout hunger levels, throughout our cycle. So these are the kind of two um, hormones that are calling the shots a little bit in terms of um, what impact our cycle is having on us outside, what's happening inside. Um, so when we begin our cycle, day one of our period, we tend to have low levels of both both of these hormones, so both the progesterone and the oestrogen. But then as we begin ovulation, oestrogen is peaking, but progesterone is still pretty low. So if we imagine that we're kind of coming up to maybe around day seven and upwards, where our body's getting starting to get ready to release an egg, our oestrogen is peaking during that time to release that egg. Then in the luteal phase, this kind of swaps. So ovulation occurs and then oestrogen will drop And then our progesterone will rise again. So in this time that we tend to call PMS, premenstrual syndrome, is when people have a lot of those kind of symptoms. um, Of when is higher, we have a little bit more fatigue, and perhaps a little more irritation, mood swings and things. Um, And this is when progesterone is a little bit higher, but then they both drop again before the end of that cycle. So when the cycle starts again, they're back at that kind of low levels of both progesterone and estrogen. from that we know that in the um, follicular phase, the phase before ovulation, we have higher um, estrogen. And then in the second half in the luteal phase, we have higher progesterone. All right. So hopefully you are following so far. So how does this actually impact our training? What kind of considerations do we have to make? And I should have said this at the start and I will also go into more detail on it at the end, this is, this is not saying this will happen, this is saying this is what's happening in our bodies and it may result in da 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 da. So oestrogen is our best friend when it comes to training because it's anti-catabolic um, and aids muscle recovery. Um, anti-catabolic means if you're in a catabolic state you would be when it comes to muscle for example you'd be breaking down muscle if you're in an anabolic state you'd be building muscle so for example someone who is resistance training eating sufficient amounts of protein spread throughout the day and getting in plenty of sleep eating very eating sufficient calories their body would be in an anabolic state for building muscle. Um, Perhaps if someone was not eating enough protein, they weren't eating enough calories, they aren't resistance training, the chances are they would be in a catabolic state where their body might need to break down muscle in order to fuel itself. Um, So if estrogen is anti-catabolic, that's a great thing. And it helps with our, our muscle recovery after training. So theoretically, we should be able to handle a bit more volume and have more kind of strength focused movements when our oestrogen is higher and that's in the follicular phase between a kind of day one bleed and ovulation around halfway through. So yeah, theoretically, our kind of strongest part of the month should be from day one up until ovulation, theoretically. (laughs) On the other hand, in the luteal phase, when we're a bit more, um, we're a bit more progesterone dominant, right? And this means there could be a bit of a reduction in strength It's also likely that we're we're more likely to experience low mood, confidence, perhaps even self-worth, and all these being very psychological things can also impact our training as well through its attitude, our attitudes towards being ours to train, our attitudes towards ourselves, um, and plus how we're fueling ourselves as well. So like I had to do before in this phase, we might not be Everyone knows the pre-period cravings. I don't even need to sugarcoat it, right? We might not be fueling ourselves as well, therefore not able to work out in the same capacity and combine with the other things as well. And in fact, in this phase, we're also likely to have higher body temperature as well. It's, it's something like, 0.3 or 0.5 degrees of a Celsius, but anyone who's at a temperature knows that it only takes like a few degrees to make you feel like shit. So even this little variation, like, do you ever, have you ever noticed that you maybe feel like a bit more sweaty um, when you're in this like PMS um, period or this, this period of time? Oh my God, can I not, there must be another word for period associated with time <laughs> during this phase are you ever aware that you feel a bit more hot and sweaty? I get that with clients all the time. They're just like, God, I'm really sweaty. And I'll kind of say like, where are you on your cycle? And it might be, I mean, it's also August and it's been really hot, but in the winter, perhaps that's something that might be a bit more obvious. Um, So yeah, if you felt a bit more sweaty, a bit more bloated, a bit hot, like it's not, you're not in the nicest place to like, yeah, I can't wait to go smash a workout, right? So as much as we're kind of, Trying to pin down these like physiological reasons why we might not be stronger, which may be the case. A lot of what might impact our training is less to do with oh I feel super super weak, and probably more to do with just our general attitude towards working out in the first place. Um, I know that's what impacts me the most. Um, so the the thing is. There's all these things at surface level, this is what's happening in our bodies. It doesn't necessarily mean that because we have, we're more progesterone dominant, it's more likely that our worker is gonna be shit in that time. We can't kind of tarnish everyone with that brush. And this is where the research into this kind of thing is really limited. The knowledge I have on this, I have gained through doing things like EIQ, which is just the best, most fantastic, um, coaching tool that any coach could have Um, and just through experience with my own clients. This is where this kind of comes from. Um, The research is just not there to support what the changes actually are and I don't know if anyone saw um, in the news this week or it might have been last week by this point about Dean Asher Smith having to pull out of her race because she had really shitty period cramps and there's been a little bit of a call now for a look you know there's women's sport is finally getting a lot more of the recognition it deserves therefore where's the research because if we have all these incredible female athletes up and coming if we have more research to support their training and if their coaches had more knowledge on what we can do to get the most out of their training then Ultimately, there's no stopping them, right? They're only gonna get better and better. And this is a thing as well, like a lot of these kind of pernickety things, we're talking about international athletes here. For the average gym goer like me and you, we just need to use a little bit of common sense, right? Around our training. Um, so because there's that kind of lack of research, we just have to go based on how you feel. And to be honest, even if there was heaps of research, how you feel is still valid anyway, right? Um, So for me, I have such a variation in terms of my experience with coaching women um, around how they are around their periods. I have a handful of clients who, and these tend to be clients who might have PCOS or endometriosis where their periods just generally do wipe them out. And it's not even a case of, you know what, I can't train. It's work is even for that week of the month, even getting to work is a struggle. So obviously for those kind of clients, the thing to do is we don't train in that week. It might it might genuinely be as far as that. If you're perhaps not quite bedridden um, during this time, and that's God, that's another area that needs more research, isn't it? Because it's so unfair that so many women are like literally taking one week out of every month of their lives suffering because doctors and GPs don't know how to handle these kind of things anyway digression um but in that time if they do if they can function but perhaps they just know their body feels weaker they know that en- the energy is just not there they feel more sluggish perhaps we just take the foot off the gas and that week is a deload week so by that we mean either cutting the reps in half cutting the load in half, you know, only lifting 50 to 60% of the number that they would usually lift. So they're still going through the motions of the workout, but not putting the same strain on their body because there is a higher risk of injury if that is how you're feeling. If you're feeling tired, if you're feeling fatigued, you don't want to push it because you don't want to injure yourself, right? But equally there's people who have really shitty months with their period and there are months where it's not so bad as well. And this is where you've just got to be in tune with your body. And be kind of honest with yourself with what it needs at that time. So, equally, I have clients who are pretty much unaffected in their training around their cycle, and especially clients who are perhaps on um, the pill are not going to feel that as much. I'm on the pill, I don't really notice fluctuations in my strength too much month to month. It is more likely that although I'm not getting obviously the massive same kind of PMS symptoms when I'm on the pill because I'm not getting those fluctuations. Though that is a time where I tend to feel a bit more blue. So maybe my training sessions aren't going to be absolutely on it then. But I know in myself that I can still train and aim for what I kind of have been doing throughout the month quite consistently. Um, and yeah, I have clients who are similar to that. Others that it's just very clear when we look back on their notes that that was a weaker week. And it kind of lines up with it being around day 1 of your cycle. Also just note that technically this kind of says that from day 1 until ovulation is our stronger time. I mean it's likely more to be towards day 7 and day 14, right? If we're looking at that average 28 day, but I don't know about you, but like tends to be like day 1 and 2 of my of my cycle are the worst for me. Some people have it worse PMS. Some people have it worse during their actual bleed. And I know that's the worst time for me. So as I say, again, just look at your own situation. Um, and if we are, if you were literally going by this and you were saying, right, between day seven and day 14 is my days that I really push myself in the gym because I feel safe to do that. And some coach PT man probably on Instagram said, that's when I should do blah, 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 blah. You're giving yourself such a short time window and perhaps Short and more short than you need that you could be pushing outside of that window. For some people who are really feel these fluctuations, that's probably sensible advice. But I would say for, I'm not pro- yeah, I'm going to say for the majority, you don't want to just cut your, your time so short, right, that's the only week of the month where I really feel like I can push myself in the gym. If you saw some accounts on Instagram, that would be what they would tell you. And there might be some research to back it, but there's not enough. And there's not enough good research. So, should we train around our cycle? What does it come down to, really? And, yeah, as you can probably guess, it just completely defends. So, with that being said, if you aren't tracking your cycle, you should be. Um, but be just aware of the kind of placebo around it as well. And I'm not saying, when it comes to fucking period excuse my French, period cramps. There's no placebo there, it is just physical pain. But if you're kind of telling yourself that, oh, I know it's coming, so I know I'm gonna feel like shit. You might feel like shit, right? Give your session a try. If it doesn't feel great, that's when you bring it down. Don't, as I say, don't cut yourself short. But on the other hand, if you do a session and suddenly everything feels so much heavier than normal, Um, And you can kind of then go on your cycle tracker and be like, ah, yeah, no, I'm due on pretty soon. That makes sense. That can also be really helpful. Um, And in terms of when you can look back at your training notes and you've done things, you can be like, yeah, no, okay, that makes sense. So it's easier to kind of compare. And it's the same as what we say with kind of like dieting as well. If you're taking photos, if you're taking measurements, that's why it's quite useful to kind of, you don't want to compare week one with week four of your cycle because there might be quite big fluctuations there um so yeah moral of the story absolutely depends on you and if you are working with a coach it's up to you to kind of tell them these impacts that you face month by month so they can work around that with you because as I say I do have a handful of clients who the week of their cycle we just don't do it we just don't train and Personally, if it was me, and research shows that during that kind of PMS um, time frame, we're well more likely to have poor self-esteem and body image. And the research also supports yoga for positive body image. That's what I would be doing, is swapping my resistance sessions for something that's a little bit more kinder to my body. Um, Well, resistance training is very kind to your body in a different sense, but... (laughs) kind of honing in a little bit more, listening to what your body has to say, stretching it out, doing stuff that makes it feel good. And just don't feel guilt over not going to the gym if it's you're that affected by it in that peri- in time in your cycle. It's tough because there might be people at the gym who can just go for four weeks a month, train hard the whole time. And is it possible these people might make a tiny bit more progress than you? Yes. But why are we comparing ourselves? There's no point. So I hope that was useful. Maybe you learned something um, from this one today. But just get you to kind of be a bit more curious and just be a bit more in tune with your body about how it feels. And if you aren't tracking your workouts as well as your site, I'm giving you all the homework today. Tracking your workouts, it might be a useful thing to do. You know, am I impacted? Do I kind of If you've got a training program, obviously you're going to be running it for probably more than a month. Just kind of compare your numbers from the different weeks and see. God, I remember that was a particularly good session or that was a particularly poor session, and yeah, get curious about it that way. As always, if you have any questions, please shoot me a DM on Instagram and give me a follow on Instagram. It's at. Josephine Christie underscore and a few plugs. If you're based in Brighton, I've started a new stronger class. There's lots of bit stronger on my Instagram. It's group weightlifting class and it's on Wednesdays at four thirty till five thirty. So um, if you want to learn to deadlift squat all those lovely lovely things, then please join. And similarly, I'm still doing a two week trial. For Tone and Thrive, which is my coaching program, it's kind of basically like a two-week challenge for you to get into more healthy habits, start building a routine towards whatever your goal is, whether that's more fitness, whether that's fat loss, getting into the gym, um, whatever your goal is, the program is tailored to support you in terms of your training and nutrition and habits and um, mindset, journaling, body image. We go through all those things, um, to ensure you're feeling like your best self. So. Shoot me a message on Instagram if you have any questions. Otherwise, I will catch you in the next one.